I was living in an apartment and the rent was going up by like $300. And I was like, mm -mm. and that's why I made the big move after I quit teaching. So I was able to simplify my life and afford to live and start doing this creative kind of coaching and content creation. It was just kind of an idea that just sparked and I went with it. Kylie, welcome to DevKeels. It's a pleasure to have you on. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's really an honor. And uh, Kylie, I just want to begin by speaking to this um, theme that seems to be more and more prevalent, living in a much more conscious way with your habits, with your just general way of being, your lifestyle, what you intake with food, your money, everything, right? Seems to be... Uh, theme that is becoming more and more important for many people. And uh, I think especially since COVID, that's impacted a lot of people's perception as well on life, you know, to live more consciously for many, many reasons. And, you know, what's really interesting about you is that you seem to embrace that minimalist lifestyle for your own life. So could you please uh, speak to our viewing audience and listening audience on, on the podcast platform? Just tell us a little bit about yourself, why you personally have embraced, let's say, this minimalist lifestyle and what it means to you and how has it changed your life for the better? Uh, yeah, I'm a minimalist coach today and content creator. Uh, for years, I was drowning in clutter. I was exhausted, anxious, dealing with like a lot of people, like you're saying, like burnout. I was fed up with an overwhelming schedule, just overworked. Um, I was actually a teacher. I don't know if you knew that, but I was a kindergarten teacher. And at the time I just felt stuck. I was living, you know, paycheck to paycheck. I was stuck in this consumerism cycle. And then when I discovered minimalism, it's just become one of the tools that's really helped me simplify my life, start reclaiming my time. Like you mentioned, there's a lot of people questioning how they're spending their time, whether that's from the pandemic or just other kind of existential questions, asking those big questions. But yeah, minimalism really helped me to start not only spending my time on purpose, but thinking about how I can help others. And now I just try to help others on their minimalism journey. Um, and can we speak to that just a little bit, Kylie? I want to speak to this idea that how you live now versus how you lived before. So you were saying like a lot of different things were leading to you feeling anxious, not feeling happy overall, you feeling just overwhelmed, all of it, right? Like what was the process into making that like conscious decision effort to change dramatically? So for me, I can really pinpoint like a day where I went to my classroom and it was a very sunny day outside and I remember just like looking outside and just having this almost like primal urge to be outside like an animal like I just cannot be here anymore and it was so um I mean I had been questioning things for a long time whether I wanted to stick with teaching how I wanted to spend my time but this was like the day the moment that I was like I need to get outside <laughs> and it was just that simple I didn't know about, I mean, I'd heard of minimalism. I'd watched like the minimalism documentary. What was it like 10 years before? But I had never really considered what that would look like in my own life. I Or maybe I had 
had an, it was just an idea. There were, it was just an abstract idea. I was not taking any concrete action. And after that day, I resigned. I never thought I'd be the person to quit mid-year, uh, but I, I resigned. I left my classroom the way it was. Another teacher stepped in and I just never looked back. I had to make some significant financial <laughs> I had to quit shopping is what I'm trying to say. I had to cut out all the uh, excess. I had to get really frugal. So minimalism was that tool that helped me be able to afford to quit teaching. And then I also had to do some other drastic lifestyle changes like move across the country for a more affordable place to live to allow me to be able to live more simply and uh, do more with what I want. So I guess for me, it was just really an urge to get outside that simple. I'm not going to be trapped indoors all day working that <laughs> nine to five grind that we're all taught we have to do. That's an interesting story, Kylie. And I, I'm leading to believe children were the reason for you to become a minimalist, you know, and them driving you crazy. But I could be wrong, you know. So, <laughs> you know, um, I'm really curious because for me, listening to that story seems like a really, really dramatic uh, change of your life and the way you live and everything else. So did you have a backup plan? And especially I, I'm just thinking in my own mind, like economically, like I just say, okay, I'm going to leave this job. I want to, you know, embrace, you know, a different way of living and be outside more everything else. When you made that change, were you concerned, okay, this is going to impact me drastically financially. I don't know what I'm going to do to afford this and this and this. Like, did you have certain plan backed up to be able to make this change? Or did you just trust that intrinsically something was going to work out well? I should preface this by saying my entire life, I have been a planner, like got my associate's degree in high school. The plan was to graduate college in two years. I always wanted to be a teacher and I followed that life plan, but it was more because I think I was following what I thought society wanted me to do, what my family wanted me to do, what my friend, my neighbor next door, you know, whatever the story was that I was telling myself, this was kind of the, the plan that I had created at a very young age that didn't necessarily reflect my true values today. Um, and so when I started teaching, I kind of already knew that this wasn't for me. And it's not about the kids. I love the kids. The kids are great. The kids are the reason why I lasted as long as I did. So I just want to put that out there. Kids are awesome. <laughs> it's just more of the being institutionalized, right? Like they don't want to be there either. You know, kids don't want to sit in a classroom all day. <laughs> Five-year-olds getting them to sit up, you know, perfectly straight and do all their things. You know, in my opinion, they should be running around outside, but that's, yeah. you know, here nor there. But uh, I... It was a very dramatic change and it was really unlike anything that I had done before. I think a lot of people in my family were really concerned about my mental state and I honestly was too. I'm, I really went with trusting the process, which I had never done. I didn't plan it out, which I wouldn't necessarily advise anyone else out there to do it without a plan. If you want to do something more creative, if you have something that you're passionate about, whether you want to start a YouTube channel or podcast, whatever it is, I would say, do have a plan, whether that's a part-time job or whether you just save up money for a year before you go with it. But because it did make it it was very hard <laughs> just because it's not hard doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. But I definitely went into it just full on ripping off the bandaid. I made that decision without a backup plan to quit teaching. I then immediately had to, as a result of that decision, 
downsize. I was living in an apartment and the rent was going up by like $300. And I was like, mm -mm. so I started researching places where I could pay less for a mortgage than I did for my rent. And that's when I settled on Texas. And that's why I made the big move after I quit teaching. So I was able to simplify my life and afford to live and start doing this creative kind of coaching and content creation. It was just kind of an idea that just sparked and I went with it. That's amazing. And how do you feel, let's say, less anxious? How do you feel that having this lifestyle has made you a better person? What, what are some like very concrete things that you could say that, okay, by doing this thing, I am better. By doing this thing, I am better. I have less of this thing that I had before my life that made me feel terrible. Like, what are those things? The simplicity is the best anecdote, <laughs> antidote to living that stressful, chaotic, busy life. I'd say the outside world, it moves so fast, you know, technology, and we're all just wearing busyness like a badge of our honor, hustling from place to place. And I would say the best benefit has been just the sense of calm when you're able to just keep things simple, you know, take something off your to-do list, take something off of your schedule. It's a sense of security and peace and gratitude and just feeling like this is enough. How, how does a, a day look for you? Like, for example, you would go maybe to work and spend a lot of time there, all the commute. Now, how is your life like on a day to day that much different? And are you, like you said, you wanted to be outside more? Do you incorporate more of your time in nature? And how do those days look for you? Oh, yes. Good question. So I now still tutor part time. So I teach kids part time so that I can afford to do the YouTube thing. So I'm not yet like monetized or anything like that. So a normal day for me looks like waking up. I have like my morning routine before when I was teaching, you know, I'd be rubbing the sleep out of my eyes and getting the coffee to go and <laughs> forgetting a lunch on the way. And now I get to just wake up, have my coffee. I usually read like a chapter in a book, usually a minimalism book. Um, I really start the day by looking at like the top three things that I want to accomplish. And then I focus everything around those three things. I don't check my email. I don't check my texts. I don't get into any of the minutia until I've done my top three goals. And then at 6 p.m., I'm whether it's tutoring that day or working on something for living well minimalism at 6 p.m., I am off. I am done. I'm choosing how to spend my time. I'm getting outside, going on hikes. I'm gardening. I have a garden now. <laughs> mostly weeds but there there's a there's things growing now so <laughs> thank goodness um, <laughs> yes um i'm learning to you know minimize those relationships that were draining me and and really spend more time with people that lift me up and help me grow um been learning how to set boundaries uh <laughs> and yeah it's just been less hustle more rest more play it's been great on the financial side of it, exactly, like how did that process go for you 
to be able to have these kind of days that you have that give you a really good quality of life? I certainly had to completely stop what I like to call hobby shopping. And it's a hyper consumerism culture. We're always taught to spend, 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 almost as if if you spend money, you're going to do, almost do something like patriotic for your company, right? Like you're helping the economy. It's seen as like this positive thing, but I think we've done it to such a detriment. So many Americans are in so much debt from hobby shopping. And so I've completely cut out any sort of just like going to the mall, anything like that, anything extra. I started eating more at home, you know, not eating out, not getting, I don't know if you've heard of Graham Stephan, his like 20 cent iced coffee. Like I always drink coffee at home. I never am going through like Starbucks. I did a, a low buy year where I tried to buy 10 or less non-essential items. So like I was allowed to buy the things you need, right? Like groceries and uh, deodorant, soap, you know, all the stuff that you need, all of the essentials I could get, but anything that I didn't absolutely need I was trying not to get it. And um, I just stopped buying a bunch of stuff that I think we're told is necessary. You have to curb these things that we're told are normal uh, expenditures. Really decide what are the, know what's enough for you. Like I can just have one face cleanser and one moisturizer, but I'm not gonna have like the under eye cream, the toner, the all the different things I'm, I cut out, like I don't use any hairspray, any gel anymore. Anything that is an extra cost, I try to tally it all up. Like literally in my notes in my phone, I have a running list where I just write down what I wanted and how much it was. And then I'll add up everything up on that list at the end of the month and see how much it would have been if I would have bought those things and then invest it instead. I think sometimes when people think about minimalism, especially critics, they think, oh, well, you have to live like a peasant. You got to live like, uh, you know, in the dirt to really, you know, embrace minimalism and, you know, you're going to enjoy worms the rest of your life. But I think that's a really bad way to see it, you know, especially people have seen other channels who like Mad Diavelli or people like that, they, you know, speak to a good way of living as you are saying as well. So there seems to be this idea instead of, okay, I have to buy these things because I think I have to versus I spent a lot of time understanding who I am and what is really important to me as a person, like who I am, like you, Kylie, me, Devin, what do I generally enjoy and, and want to live and have but cut out these other things because they're just sitting there like dormant for no reason, right? And I think that's the message too, is like, you don't have to give up everything just to, you know, like not have anything at all. It's about what is truly the thing that complements who you are and you create your world in that way. Is that how you feel about these things? Yes, absolutely. I would say to critics that say that you have to live this I think maybe they've only seen like extreme minimalism, right? Like you do not have to be an extreme minimalist. You can be if that's your jam and you want to live like a nomad out of backpack, 
you do you, but you, the great thing about minimalism is exactly you get to just use it as a tool to maximize your time. So for a lot of people, it starts out with just decluttering, but that's another common misconception about minimalism. It's just about the stuff. Once you've decluttered, once you've stopped shopping, now it's time to think about what are your values and what are you gonna get to do with all that extra time? And so every single minimalist is going to have a different answer on what's enough. But, you know, there's not going to be anyone coming to your door and taking away your birthday if you want things. <laughs> there's nothing bad about having things, having stuff. I am more of an eco-minimalist. You know, I care about the environment. I do feel like we should try to curb our consumerism for those reasons, just because that's a part of my values and my ethics. But there are all different kinds of minimalists and all different reasons that people come to minimalism. You know, maybe some people want to be a frugal minimalist because they want to save money. Other people come to minimalism for the environmental reason. Other people just are really into like the aesthetic, like the Scandinavian style. So I think there's just so many different reasons that people come to minimalism and maybe why there's that little bit of almost tension in them. Like, is this minimalist or is this not? And it's like, who gets to decide or say? The way your message is coming across to me in my mind is that if people take the time seriously to really, really understand who they are more than anything, right? Get away from any distraction. Understand who you are inside. What naturally makes you feel happy to be you and just stand in the middle of the woods and figure that out or, you know, with no one around you, just you, figure that out and then have the things incorporated in your life the only become the necessary things, right? Yes. For, that's that. That sounds like a great life to me. So I'm, I'm trying to sell people on it. You know, I think I, <laughs> there you go. I think, uh, I know it's like selling the concept of not buying things. Right. No, but <laughs> the thing that compliments you, right. That, that speaks to your soul. Right. I mean, there's a lot of discipline that comes to this way of living as well. Absolutely. You know, and Kylie, I just want to ask you one main last main thing. And I mean, I'm super guilty of just having the phone on me all the time i mean we're you know this will be uploaded on different technological platforms you know so you know please listen but also please limit yourself is kind of the mixed question but in the end we we really live in a time it's getting ever so increased the technological rate of platform usage and social engagement and how in the world do you recommend to people and how do you do for yourself limit the amount of time you engage on anything technological right now talk about discipline right very hard very hard <laughs> yes easier said than done and i don't want anything that i i say here i'm not necessarily uh, practicing 100 of the time right there are no perfect people it's a process it's always a process yeah a great place to start, I would highly recommend actually a book. I don't know if you've heard the book, uh, Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. No, I haven't. Uh, choosing a focused life in a noisy world. I highly recommend anyone to read that book if you are at all interested in this topic of conversation. Because um, digital minimalism, we can use all of the same principles for minimalism that we do with our physical items. We can apply them to our screens. 
So our televisions, our computers, our laptops, tablets, phones, whatever kind of screen you have, if you're interested in digital minimalism, I highly recommend starting there, reading that book. I always say when my digital life is decluttered, my real life goes better. I'm able to find what I need. Not, I no longer feel like I used to feel like I was always on call. That's what I call it. When you always have your phone on you, like you have some job, you have your regular job, but then, you know, your family's contacting you, your friends are contacting you. I just felt on call, like this constant urge to check text messages and emails. And I just let that go. I no longer feel like I need to do that. I won't do that. Sometimes people get upset because they're on call. That's okay. We use and navigate technology differently. I think like my family just had to get used to it. It was a big shock because I was always that person. That if you needed me, I'm I'm immediately answering. But then, you know, I want to be helpful. I want to be there for people when I can, but you have to have those boundaries or else you'll never get to spend your time how you want to. You won't really meet any of your goals because you'll always be pivoting to that next thing that needs your attention, whether that's a text from a family member that needs help or whether that's just some ad, right? So I would say just not feeling like you need to be on call. I was worried that if I wasn't on these platforms, you know, all these social media platforms all the time, I think maybe that's where a lot of other people have fear as well is like, well, then I'm not connected. But I would say my relationships are more connected uh, because I'm not focusing on the quantity of communication. I'm not trying to necessarily know what you had for lunch on Instagram, but when we are talking, you know, we're having these deep, insightful conversations. So I feel more connection and love. The relationships that were meant to flourish have gotten stronger. Whereas like, I don't think I need to stay in constant communication with everyone that I went to high school with on Facebook. <laughs> like I've completely let go personal Facebook, personal Instagram. I do have a living well minimalism Instagram account, but I don't have any sort of personal Instagram account. Uh, so I recommend like maybe minimizing the actual amount of apps that you have or you could declutter like your pictures or your videos on your phone. You could take like a device detachment challenge is I think what Cal Newport calls it. So you could choose for you, for you it might be like a whole week off of all devices, right? If you can do that, more power to you do that. But like, I'm thinking of parents, people who might have a job where they have to be having their phone on them maybe that could look like just checking at certain time intervals like just 8 a.m or just 8 p.m you can really do a device detachment challenge to fit your lifestyle but yeah just that's kind of my main takeaways from digital minimalism right now i'm still working on it myself i think they're really good can you imagine if the president said i'm i'm embracing digital minimalism too and you can't call me after six that would that'd be interesting. wait till 8 a.m you know but it's as we conclude right one of the main takeaways i you know there's several but one of the main things that really resonates with me right now in this conversation with you is that i like you feel like growing up i've been also to a large extent also people pleaser and, and many variations of that in degrees and that in a way it's not a bad thing but in another way it can be terrible because 
people can use and take advantage of you and and you feel too scared to say no because there might be this backlash of I'll lose that person in my life if I say if I reject him or say no or whatever. However, I because this personally uh, uh, like what's the word I'm looking for it. I feel similar to you in that way because for me in where I am at this stage in my life, it's taken me a, a tremendous amount of self-discipline and self-confidence building and just um, personal growth to get to that point where yes and no are equally important words, right? And yes. I think it's just tremendous like hearing you in our conversation, like lead to this point where you are right now in your life where it is a process and you're continually, continually wanting to fine tune things. And we're all, we're always on the journey, forget the destination. We're always on the journey and you're really, really understanding more and more probably about who you are. And by doing all these efforts with money, technology, everything else in your life to really have the right life that you want for you that makes you truly happy and not feeling insecure or doubting when you have to do say no to certain other things. I think it's tremendous. I really, really do thank you for, you know, giving these incredible insights in our conversation. Thank you for listening and thank you for, for having these kind of, for wanting to go there, right? These are the big kind of conversations I want to have. So no, it's amazing. No, thank you so much, Kelly. And this was such a great episode. We'll do a part two. I promise our viewers and listeners it will come and we'll touch on some really other interesting aspects of this incredible, you know, way of choosing to live your life. And I think it's just absolutely fascinating. So before we conclude, uh, the second main conclusion, uh, where can people find more about you, your work, connect with you, follow you, all of it? My main thing is YouTube. So you can type in living well, minimalism, living, just like living life, L-I-V-I-N-G, well, like a well, <laughs> minimalism, and then livingwell.minimalism on TikTok and Instagram. Those are the only other platforms besides YouTube that I'm on. I don't have like a Facebook or Twitter, so just Instagram, TikTok, livingwell.minimalism, and then YouTube. Living well minimalism with no dot. Hopefully that makes no sense. Dot. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I think we'll make sure to include all of Kyla's information in the description, the show notes, the pinned comments, all of it. So you can find her, connect with her and watch her channel. It's really, really, really great content. And we will see you in the next episode. And just remember, if you really enjoyed this episode to share the URL, share with other people who want to know more about the minimalist lifestyle. I think they'd be really interested in Kylie's story and her journey. And we'll see you all in the next episode. Take care, everyone.